good to be in the house of the Lord today, feel his presence. I woke up this morning dreaming about eating Captain Crunch. So I got me a cup of coffee and a bowl of Captain Crunch. How can you go wrong with that? That's the good thing about being an adult. If you want cake for supper, you just eat cake. I'm so thankful today that, that God has shown his mercy to me and my family. The mercies of God are great and abounding. and He didn't have to choose me, but he did, and I'm so thankful for that today. I'm going to read a a portion of scripture, you you don't have to stand. Um, Acts 17 and 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. And that is so true today, we... We live and move according to how God leads and guides and directs us. <clears throat> so this morning, I'm going to teach a lesson on moving forward. Um, I give honor to Brother and Sister Grant. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do and everything. And thank you for the word this morning. Brother Grant always has... How, how long... How many years of studying did it take you to figure all that out? <laughs> that wasn't done over a weekend, <laughs> over a bowl of Captain Crunch either. <laughs> I can assure you of that. It was very interesting. I told my wife, I said, you know, I never really expressed it verbally, but to me in my mind that scripture never fit the persona of Jesus or what he did and and how he handled himself i understand it better now if you weren't here this morning by the tape it's good <clears throat> i would like to start off this morning our set, setting is in samaria um and the city is in great famine the syrians have uh have the city under siege and there's no food and this tragic event takes place, and the king rips his garment loose, and they see underneath there's sackcloth and ashes. He's in sackcloth, and he's mourning and praying and fasting for the city. And, of course, you know, I, I feel like that a lot of times the city, the city dwellers, they probably thought, well, you know, he's the king. He ain't got no problems. He ain't got no issues. and But... He he was in he was he concerned for his people, he was concerned for his city, he was concerned of the tragedy that they were in. So I guess what I'm trying to say is just cause you see a leader and you see one thing on their face and their persona doesn't mean that's what's on the inside. There's a lot of things working and moving and and they're doing things and and seeking the face of the Lord for your situation and your circumstances. And a lot of times all we want is just an answer. We just want an answer. 
But an answer doesn't come that easily, especially when you're dealing with people and their lives and circumstances and situations. If they were that easy, we could go drop a quarter in a gum machine and get a little paper out and say, do this. It's not that easy. It takes it takes, uh, it takes time and endurance and seeking and, and, and listening. But the prophet Elijah, he states one thing in 2 Kings 7 and 1. He says, Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And there were some people there that made fun of that and, and uh, didn't believe it because of the situation and the circumstance they were in. But... Um, I would like to say in our lives, our own lives, we're like a city sometimes, and it's under siege. And we live for God, and we can have challenges in our life. And, hey, look at it this way. We have three enemies we have to fight at a minimum. That doesn't include your spouse or your children. That was a joke. We're fighting against the world, worldliness coming in, worldliness uh, uh, overtaking us, the things that that push out the things of God, make it less um, less needed, more less wanted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We are fighting the devil. The devil is always an enemy of our soul. And worst of all, we fight our flesh and our minds. Our minds, I go to work every day thinking I'm going to get fired. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I guess because it's easy. Maybe it motivates me. I don't know. But I have to overcome that. You know, they call me Eeyore. Okay, Eeyore, what's going on today? I said, I don't know. I just hope I have a job by the end of the week. And we have to fight those things, whereas if we were to succumb to them, we wouldn't have to fight them. And these people are fighting against this army, and they don't know what to do, and they don't know how to move, and they, they're, they're siege, they're under siege. If they leave, they'll be killed. If they stay there, they're going to starve to death. And we find these four leper men. Lepers, it doesn't say they were men. I guess maybe they were. I don't know. And, yep, they were men. And so they're sitting at the gate, and they're saying, we can always do what we've always done. We can go in the city, or we can sit outside the gate. But either way, we're going to starve. So one of them looked at the other one and says, hmm, maybe we need to come up with a different plan. And they contemplate just doing the same old thing. And when we fight, The devil and the world and our minds and our flesh, it's easy just to keep on doing the same old thing. How do you know? Because I do the same old thing. (laughs) But sometimes when we are in a situation and we're in a battle and we have have these things that are that are coming at us and we don't know which way to go or where to go there is a god that can help us 
And so these Syrian men, the, 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 these, these, uh, these lepers, they look at each other. And by the way, this is a caveat. If I say leopard, I don't mean the tiger. When I mean these lepers. <laughs> My wife gets on to me every time I preach about the lepers. Because she's like, why are you talking about the spotted tiger? The, I said, I'm not. You, yeah, but that's what you say. <laughs> so if I say it. Just give me a pass, okay? <laughs> anyway, we, we come to these situations and these circumstances in our life. And a lot of times we feel like, maybe you don't, but I do. I feel like a leper. I feel rejected. I feel alone. I feel like there's nobody that I can go to to get counsel or help. I mean, these lepers, they had to wear a special garment, and then whenever people came around, they had to scream out, leper, leper. They had to move, They had to move, and they had to go to their own place. They couldn't uh, uh, confide, and they couldn't go with inside of uh, uh, where society was and everything. And so sometimes you feel isolated. You feel like there's nothing you can do. But when we we listen to the voice of God. God can guide us. If we live and our being is in God, God will help us. And not only will he help us, he'll help those that are around us. Those four lepers didn't go to the Syrian camp by accident. They went there because God said, tomorrow you're going to buy fine flour for a shekel. And everybody thought, yeah, right. Because the man of God said, God had a plan. And God has a plan for your situation. The question is, can we get over where we're at, how we feel, and who we're battling? And can we get up and move in the direction that God wants us to? And when we do that, God will take care of the rest. Because you had four men marching down a hill to a great army, the Syrian army. And the Bible says that God made them hear the footsteps of a mighty army. And they said, oh, the king of Samaria went and, and gave the king of Egypt money. And now here they come to battle against us. And they all took off running. When we can say, okay, God, I'm getting out of my pettiness, and God, I'm getting out of the way of what you want to do, and I've got a little ear here, and I'm going to listen to what you say, and I'm not going to keep on doing the same things. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to move to the direction that you want me to go in, God. God can do great and miraculous things. But when we decide to say, oh, woe is me. I'm going to get fired this week. And then I get four phone calls the first day saying, hey, I need four people. And I'm like, where am I going to get them from? I thought I was going to get fired, but now I need to get four more people hired. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And God will lead you and guide you. You may be in a situation. You may be in a circumstance. You may be feeling beat up. And you may be feeling isolated. And you may feel like that there's no out for you. But if you will take a few minutes and listen to the voice of God, God will guide you. And look, look, God not only delivered the four leopards because they got their bellies full. But then they said, hey, we, we got to do more. We can run back up 
to the city and let everybody know that all of these spoils are here. God will take care of those that are around you as well. He has that ability. When we get ourselves out of the way and we move to where God wants us to be, He can do things great and exceedingly and above which we can either think or ask. Sometimes it's, it's difficult. All the time it's difficult to make moves in the direction that God wants. How do I know? What, what do I really need to do? What do I need to ask? How do I ask? How do I know it's God? How do I know? How, 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 I get it. I ask those same questions too. You may think, oh, you got it all together. Oh, no, I don't. My wife does. That's the only reason it looks like we do. I'm on three Advil, so y'all better hang on. You might say, why are you on three Advil? Because my daddy called me Friday and said, son, I tore the roof off my house, and I need some help getting it back on. He's 73 years old. I'm like, I'll be there in the morning, Dad. And I was there, and when I left there, well, in the middle of there, I looked at my wife, and I said, you got any Advil? (laughs) When I woke up this morning, I was like, Oh, I need Advil. (laughs) Advil is your friend. (laughs) Especially when you get old. (laughs) So it's difficult. It's easy to be like Gideon. Where was Gideon? Gideon was hiding in the shadows, furrowing his wheat, collecting his food. And you say, well, how can you fault a man who who was in the shadows gathering wheat for his family to feed them. Yeah, but that ain't where God wanted him. That's the message this morning. Are you where God wants you to be? And if you're not, and if you felt this way, then it's time to make a move in a direction that God wants you to move in. You know, who wants to disrupt what the family wants. Gideon's family had an altar to Baal and a grove. And the Lord, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, tear it down, chop it down, build another altar, take your daddy's bullock and sacrifice it. And Gideon was like, ooh, I could die for that. It didn't matter because that's what God wanted him to do. And so he gathered up ten men, and at night, the Bible said he went at night because he was afraid of what would happen, and he did exactly what God told him. But what Gideon did is he moved on faith. And a lot of times when God is telling you to move, you've got to have some faith. What is faith? The substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not yet seen. Oh, wow. I don't know if I can do that. Amen, I'm with you. I don't like it either. (laughs) Go here, Myers. Oh, God, please don't make me go there. Yeah. Take off and go there and preach at the gates of Nineveh. Oh, no, I ain't going there. Uh -uh. I'm going to go my own way. And then he gets on the ship and he's, and he's selling and the waves and and the and all of that comes about and you go, not Gideon. I'm not talking about Gideon right now. I switch gears on you. 
And he says, it's all my fault. I, I realize this is all my fault because God told me to move that way. And I said, you know, God, I know better than you. I'm going this way. And he gets on the ship, and, and, and they say, well, what do you want us to do? Let us row closer to the land. Let's make it a little easier for you since you didn't obey God. And they couldn't get closer to the land, so they just tossed him overboard. And a big fish swallowed him up, spit him out on the land. And he said he was in the depths of hell. Sometimes if we feel that much pressure, we need to analyze what we've done and where we're at. And Gideon, he said, okay, God, you want me to go and defeat the Midianites? Are you crazy? They cover, they carpet the land, the valley. They're like ants. And you want me to go, okay, well, look, God. I tell you what, it's okay to inquire from God. It's okay to ask God, hey, God, I really want to do what you say, but I don't want to do it unless you said it. So here's a fleece, Lord. Let it be wet when I wake up in the morning. Sure enough, it's wet. The next morning he gets up and he says, Lord, don't be angry at me, but I really, really want to know if you want me to go battle this, this, this horde over here. These evil people. And the Lord says, yeah, I do. He said, well, don't be angry at me. If I get up in the morning and the dew is on the ground and the fleece is wet, then I'll know it's you. He gets up in the morning, guess what? The Lord answered his prayer. And when you seek the face of God in the direction you think he's wanting you to go and you need to do it multiple times, it's not a sin. It's okay. It's okay to ask God to help you and to give you the proper direction and help you have understanding. And so whenever he did that, he had already, but, but look what he did. He had already sent the messengers out to gather the army but he just wanted to make sure that he was doing the right thing. He had already took the step of faith. you got to take a step, and then you got to say, God, am I headed in the right direction? And God will come back and say, yeah or no. And if you're not sure, then you stop, and you wait till you hear from God, and he says, go that way. Because the last thing you want to do is try to get farther away from God. Who was the prophet that went to Nineveh? Does anybody know? Jonah. Thank you. I forgot. Must be the Advil. <laughs> they work on your muscles, but not on your brain. <laughs> but Jonah finally succumbed. He finally said, okay, God, I get the message. I got enough pressure. I've been in enough bad situation. I've ran the wrong way for long enough. I'm ready to turn around and do it in about face. And, and you just help me get there. And God got him close to Nineveh and he headed that way and he preached and then he got mad. You can't do that. You can't get mad when you ask of God and he tells you to go that way. You know, like Moses you like to be that guy killed an egyptian price on his head they're looking for him he's in the desert back sheep back there taking care of the sheep oh hey i'm all happy fat dumb and happy i'm eating sheep i'm out by the campfire every day and the lord comes along in a burning bush and says hey moses how you been you ready to go back to egypt 
Oh, no, no, I'm not ready to go there. <laughs> you see, you may have left where God wanted you to be and went to where you want to be mentally, physically, spiritually, but God ain't okay with it. And you think, why do I feel like a leper? Why do I feel like an outcast? Why do I feel like Jonah? Why do I feel like Gideon? Because you're not where God wants you to be, mentally, physically, spiritually. God wants you to head in a different direction. How do you know? I hope I'm right. But Moses was okay where he was at. But God said, no, you're not. And he said, God, I can't go back there. Pharaoh's not going to let us. They got a price on my head. But the Lord said, oh, all those that were looking for you, I done took care of them. They're all, they're all expired. They're all gone. But God, how can I go stand before Pharaoh? And the Lord said, you got a staff in your hand? He said, yes, sir, I got a staff in my hand. Well, that's something I can use. God can use the tools and abilities that you have. The only thing you have to overcome is you. How do you know? I had to overcome me every day. He said, throw it on the ground. The Bible says that Moses fled from the serpent. I would have been hooking him up too. <laughs> I wouldn't even need to know Advil. <laughs> When God said, Moses, reach down and pick up that servant, I would have said, that ain't you, Lord. <laughs> I know that ain't you. Because <laughs> you know how afraid of snakes I am, Lord. They are all venomous copperheads, cobras, black mambas. They deserve all to be dead. <laughs> From a long range. I shot a I shot a copperhead with a 30 all six. It was about this long one day. <laughs> you should have seen the aftermath. Mud all over me. I can't believe that thing didn't fly up and land on me somewhere. Then I would have died. <laughs> but Moses did. He had faith. He believed in what God told him. The Bible, he must have been afraid of it because it said that he fled before it. I'm assuming that he took off running. He didn't just jump back. <laughs> but the Lord told him, go over and pick it up. And he did. And God increased his faith. And then Moses, the Lord said, that ain't enough for you. Moses, stick your hand in your bosom. And he pulled it out and it's a leper. He said, stick it back in. It's white. It's, it's back to normal. But did you know? I didn't realize this. Did you know that the Lord also told Moses, he said, if Pharaoh doesn't believe that, go down to the river, get you a cup of water and pour it on the ground, and I'll turn it into blood. I always thought, for some reason, I guess because I didn't pay attention when I was reading it, that that only took place when he got there. No, God had told him up front. But Moses said, well, God, I kind of like where I'm at, and I really, really don't want to move. 
I can't speak very well. Hmm. Well, if that's the only thing you got, you got your brother. He'll speak for you. Now get your clothes and get gone. <laughs> but in verse 18, and Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. You can stay where you're at. And you may think you're comfortable, but you're really not. Mentally, you're fighting. Physically, you're fighting. Spiritually, you're fighting. But you're not only affecting yourself. You're affecting yourself. Those around you, the body of Christ, everyone is affected. If you look at each example I gave you, God wasn't so much concerned about the individual as he was the whole. Gideon, he freed all of Israel. It was Gideon that did it and 300 people because he obeyed the Lord. Jonah. He was running from Nineveh. Who was the message for? It wasn't for Jonah. It was for Nineveh. Moses. It wasn't for Moses. It was for his people who were in bondage. When you find where God wants you to be, and you start moving in that direction, it's not going to only help you. And it's not only going to make you feel better. And it's not only going to bring the blessings of the Lord upon you. But it's going to affect those that are around you. It's going to affect the body of Christ. It's going to affect the people that you live around. Because when God gets what he wants, he does miraculous things. And it is the miraculous that bring people to God. Even Jesus had to move. His mother came to him. And he looked at her and he said, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour has not yet come. In other words, it ain't time for me to do any miracles, Mom. I'm okay right here where I'm at. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the Lord. I'm just trying to illustrate a point. He was telling her, it's not time yet. She wasn't having it. She looked at the servants, and she said, whatever he says, you do it. And turned around and walked off. And Jesus had to move towards his destiny at that time. This morning, the Lord is looking at someone saying, Are you fed up of where you're at? Are you tired of being like Jonas and in the belly of the whale or whatever that big animal was that, was that brought him to the depths of the ocean? Are you tired of feeling like the lepers at the gate? Uncast. 
passed out, distraught, physically drained, spiritually, don't know where you stand in society or where you're at in the church. Oh, all you got to do is get up and make a move. Even Jesus had to do it. Why do we think that we may be better than him? And in closing, notice, after God saves Israel from the Red Sea, if you think, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just guiding myself, I'm just wandering around in the abyss, and, and everything's going to be okay, and I'm looking for my safe room at the college campus, That'll preach. They can find safety, but they threw him out of the schools. And now they got transgenders reading them library books. How did we get here? But notice Israel. How many times did they say, where are we going, where are we headed, why are we going this way, Moses, where's the leeks and the garlic? And, and they come, and here they come to a dead end, to the Red Sea. No hope. Pharaoh's army's in the back. I don't know if, I, I wonder, could they see the pillar of fire? Because... I assume there was mountains and valleys around there because the Bible says there was a pillar of fire between Israel and Egypt. Could they not see it? Did they not know that God was guiding them? Did they not understand that God was on their side and trying to help them? But here they are, and they, they're wanting to stone Moses now. You brought us out, and here we are. We're all going to die. The army's after us. No, no, no. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. The question is, are we moving in the direction that God wants us to move? Or are we in a place that we don't need to be, and we need to move from there to where God wants us to be? And so here they are at the Red Sea. And you know the story. The wind blows. Moses holds out the staff. They wake up the next morning. They go across on dry ground. They get to the other side. And the Egyptian, this is what always struck me. The Egyptian army follows them. How stupid. I don't think I would have been that stupid. I got a pillar of fire blocking me where I can't get to them. I got a God that rained down the plagues upon me. And they get down into the Red Sea and their chariots get stuck in the mud. Did you know that the Bible says, if I remember this correctly, I didn't look it up. So if I'm wrong, I can be corrected. The angels of the Lord took the wheels off the chariots. The angels of the Lord were fighting for them. It's no different today. You may not see them, but you've got to have faith. God is looking out for us. He is just looking for us to move forward in the direction that he wants us to move. 
Exodus 15 and 13 says, and this is after they've crossed the Red Sea and God gobbled them up, washed them on this, dumped the Red Sea on them. I've heard people say, well, it was only six inches deep. What an even greater miracle. He drowned a whole army in six inches of water. You can try and place God in a box. You can try to put God in the distance. But what you got to understand and what you got to realize, He loved you so much that He enrobed Himself. He made Himself a body, a fleshly body. And He filled it. And He came to this earth. And He was flogged. And He was beaten. And He was humiliated. And you can run. And you can go to the direction that you feel like you need to go. But God's love is what's drawing you. It's God's love that's pulling you. It ain't no man. It ain't no trick. It is God's love. And you're wondering, why am I so miserable? Why am I in this place? Why do I feel so desolate? It's because you're trying to run from the love of God. And he's calling to you. And you're thinking, God don't know where he's taking me. I got this ship under control. No, 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 no. No. Israel wanted to stone Moses. But when they got to the other side, in verse 13, they said, Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. He has redeemed you not with gold or precious metal, but by the blood of the Lamb. Thou hast guided them in thy strength and unto thy holy habitation. You may think God doesn't know where you're at, but he knows exactly where you're at. And what he's waiting for, it's for you to realize and for you to pull up your bootstraps and say, hey God, you know what? I've been doing this all wrong. I just need a little help down here, God. I need a little guidance, God. I need to know for sure what direction you want me to head. And when you take that step, God's going to take the next step. And when you take the next step, God's going to take and it's going to get a little easier. And you're going to come to a place where you say, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am so glad that I listened to you, Lord. I am so thankful today, God, that you knew all along where you were guiding me. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet? And can we thank the God of God's? Hallelujah, Jesus, you are the mighty God and the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, Lord. God, you are all in all to us, Lord. I thank you today, dear Jesus, for keeping your hand upon us, for leading us and guiding us, oh God. Lord, move upon each and every God household here today, God, and lead and guide and strengthen them this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we gather around and pray a little bit? Worship the Lord. It's, it's November. It's the time for things.
Would you mind closing your eyes and bowing your heads just a moment? If you'll try to fast at least one day this week, would you mind lifting your hands? God bless you. That's, that's response all over the house. Amen. And in prayer this week, and trying to fast, we're trying to seek the will of God. And as always, we need a move of the Lord in the church. Amen. We need to see revival. We need to see hearts that are inflamed for God. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your preached word. Thank you for your anointed word. Go with us from this place in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Shake hands and be friendly.